So we're in a series on the echoes of the Spirit, looking at the Holy Spirit. Last week, I referred to the Holy Spirit as the weird uncle of the family. This week, we may think about the Holy Spirit maybe as the shy member of the Trinity. The shy member of the Trinity because we don't talk as much about the Spirit. We're not always sure what the Spirit does. And so the goal of this series is to help us understand what is the Holy Spirit's role in our lives? What does the Holy Spirit do? What is the Holy Spirit like? And we hear from the book of 1 Peter, and it talks about the Spirit empowering the prophets to speak. And so sometimes we think of the prophets as simply people who spoke about the future. But the prophets had primarily another job. They would come to the people, and oftentimes they would simply say, thus says the Lord. Part of the role of the prophets was to help the people understand what it looked like to follow God. And so we're going to look at this passage from the book of Micah, kind of what the prophets do and how the prophets work and one particular function of the prophets in terms of proclaiming justice and how that might relate to our lives. And so in Micah 3.8, in the midst of it, Micah says, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgressions, to Israel his sin. And so there's this connection between being filled with the Spirit, and proclaiming justice. And so I want us to think a little bit about this word justice for a little while. And I thought about the word justice, and one of the images that came to mind to me was a movie from the late 1990s called Tombstone. I don't know if any of you ever saw Tombstone. Tombstone is a Western about Wyatt Earp, so you have Kurt Russell plays Wyatt Earp. Sam Elliott, because he has to be in every great Western out there, plays his, his older and wiser brother, Virgil, And Val Kilmer plays Doc Holliday in one of the best roles he's ever played. And so there's a, I like the movie, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. So there's this great movie, but I remember one of the posters for the movie was simply the three Earp brothers and Doc Holliday striding down the street in their long, dark dusters, carrying their guns. And the subtitle simply said, Justice is Coming. And that's oftentimes our picture of what justice looks like, is somebody coming with a gun, somebody coming to arrest, someone doing right, and that's a big part of the movie is there's these wrongs done and then things are set right and it involves lots of shooting and lots of killing. But justice often has this picture for us of that's what justice is. It's, it's the people who have done wrong getting what's coming to them. But the word justice has much more meaning than that. It really means a lot more for that. And so the term justice is used by the prophets. And in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. This is a, one of the easier ones to say. We've learned some Hebrew words, and usually you kind of have to clear your throat a little bit or get something hung up in there. This one's a little mishpat. And mishpat occurs over 400 times in the Old Testament. And the picture of what justice looks like, and it's a concern of the Spirit, and it ought to be our concern too. And it's often paired with another word. And the Hebrew word is siddiq or righteousness. So you often see these pairs of justice and righteousness and they go together. But I want us to think more broadly about what do we mean when we say justice? We use the term in lots of different ways. I heard one scholar talking about it and he was saying there are different ways, different ways that people conceive of what justice looks like. When a society is practicing justice, that it can mean different things. For some A society that's practicing justice is a society that maximizes welfare. And not welfare in terms of giving to the board, but welfare in terms of the most good for the most people 
in the least harm to the fewest number of people. And so for some people, that's what they mean by justice, that the most people are escaping harm and the least number of people are being harmed, the most good for the most number of people. Well, that leaves out exactly what we mean by the most good, but that's kind of one category to say this is what justice looks like. For others, they categorize a just society as one that respects freedom. So a just society is one where the most people are able to exercise their freedom. Another way might be to think of a just society. Another group of people might decide a just society as the society that promotes virtue. In other words, where things are done according to a higher standard or the way things ought to be. So you see, I mean, there is some bleed over between these two, but there's always a conflict when somebody is talking about what does justice look like or what would a just society look like. Some people are going to lean towards what maximizes the good for the most number of people. Some might say, what maximizes freedom? Some might say, what is following this moral code and standard of what is ought? And so you can think in terms of modern day discussions over whether it's medical care or gender issues or sexuality or marriage, all those things, people will come and come to different decisions based on how they understand what justice is. Everybody's seeking justice. And, and then we take these things, we take all these different ideas that we've taken from different places and we go back and we read our Bible and we put those on there. But what we have to do is allow the Bible to speak for itself and to say, what do we mean by justice and how does Micah and the other prophets use it? And so in this passage that John read a little bit earlier, chapter three, Micah is this story. So Micah, quick setting, Micah is preaching 720, 730 years before Jesus. And he's preaching to both kingdoms. The kingdom of Israel or the nation of Israel is split into two parts, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. And he's preaching to them. And what the prophets did was they would proclaim to the people what they were doing and how they were failing to live up to God's standards and the consequences of that. So the people of God had been given a set of ways to live, the, the Old Testament laws, and they had said, this is the way you ought to live. And when they failed to meet those, part of the role of the prophet was to come to them and kind of remind them and point them back and say, remember what God said? These are the things that he has called you to do. This is what it looks like to be in the image of God. This is what it looks like to be his kingdom of priests. This is what it looks like to display his glory to the world. And then the prophets would often say, and there are consequences for failing to live up to those. And that's that one category of justice we think about, right? The, con the case of consequences. So you do something wrong. You, you take money from somebody you run a car into somebody, you, you steal, you cheat on something, and there are what? There are consequences, and we often describe that as justice. And that's a part of it. We're going to come back to that. So Micah here is talking to this, and he's speaking to the leaders of Israel and talking to them about what justice looks like. And he uses the word justice three times in here, and it starts off, he leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, so these two parts of the nation should you not embrace justice, you who hate good and love evil? So one of the things about embracing justice is identifying good and evil. But then he goes into this kind of graphic, you know, he talks about tearing the skin from his people and the flesh from their bones and 
Sounds like they maybe turned into cannibals. Or, but I don't think that's what Mike is getting at. What Mike is getting at is that this is the way they're treating other people. This is the way the leaders and the rulers of Israel are treating other people. They're literally feasting on them. They're supposed to be caring for them like a flock, but instead they're eating off them. So if you are tearing someone's flesh from their bones and feasting on them, would you say you're treating them very nicely? No. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not how you would want to be treated. And so part of justice here has to do with relationship and the way that we treat others. And it goes on, and then he talks about the prophets. He said there are these other prophets who prophesy, but they've turned it into a way to make money. And he says they pray, proclaim peace if they have something to eat. So in other words, they would come into a town, and the prophets did have the right to earn money from other people, to come in. But they knew that if they came in and spoke something good, they were more likely to get paid. So if, if I'm a traveling prophet, and if I come into a town and say, you guys are all great, you're doing wonderfully, you're doing just what God wants, God loves you and peace be on you. And then another prophet comes in and says, you people are failing what God wants to do. You're stealing from your neighbors. You're cheating. And God is going to punish you. Which prophet's going to get paid better? Probably the first one, right? And that's exactly the point that Mike is making here, is the prophets had a job. The prophets had a job to come and to share the truth. They had a job to come and tell what God wanted. And they've chosen instead to think, what will benefit me? And so again, they're failing to live up to the standards that God has set. And he kind of continues this on in the, in the third part of his like, Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. You judge for a bribe, teach for a price, tell fortunes for money. Again, they're taking advantage of people. And so part of what Micah is getting at is that justice is relational. That a big part of what it means to be just and doing God's justice is to be in a right relationship and living out the relationships that God has called his people to live in. And so there's these connections that say, this is what justice looks like. Justice is this right relationship. And so sometimes in there's been this term that's been often used, social justice. And for some people, they hear the term social justice and all of a sudden they're just like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. In fact, in certain circles of Christianity, it's become almost a slur to describe people as social justice warriors. In other words, they're so concerned with that. And sometimes this idea of social justice can be taken too far because it becomes an end in itself. And it becomes a sort of Pharisaism where... I'm living and I'm living out social justice and I'm drinking my fair trade coffee and I'm recycling and everything and you look down on the people who aren't living out a just life. But what I want to suggest to you is when God talks about justice, it's social. It connects to other people. We have a tendency to put justice in this little category of justice is about me doing the right thing in my own little place and it's about between me and God. And what all the prophets, time after time after time, and I would encourage you to take out your Bible and look for it. If you can do it online, you can do it with a written book. Look for the word justice. 
And almost every time the prophets talk about justice, and particularly when it's paired with that word righteousness, it has to do with relationship with other people. Therefore, it's justice, which is social. So does the word social justice appear in the Bible? No. But all justice in the Bible is social. Okay, rabbit trail done. Back to the text here. So justice goes back to this. So for Micah, as he's talking about it, he's saying the people of God, they need renewal. And renewal depends on how people are treated. It talks about ending unjust treatment. Justice is about God's expectations for all of society. And so we think back to those three definitions of justice, whether it's maximizing the good or maximizing fairness or living according to the right. And in some cases, the Bible idea of justice encompasses all three of those things. And so Micah later in, in the book, he talks about justice and he says this, he says, he says, he has shown you, immortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Part of what God asks of us is to do justice. In other words, to live out in right relationship with other people, to live according to his expectations. And what are the expectations of God? That we treat people the way we would want to be treated. Jesus sums it up, right? Jesus sums it up when he says, this is the greatest command, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, to love your neighbor as yourself, or in other words, to treat people the way you would want to be treated. And so doing justice is looking around the world and saying, how would I want to be treated? How would I want to be taken care of? And so that's a part of what God is looking at. So another verse here in Jeremiah, this is what the Lord says, do what is just and right, rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. Now see, here's where we get to this other idea of justice where oftentimes we think of justice primarily, and, and again, people use two terms. There's retributive justice, and there's restorative justice. So retributive justice is the kind of justice that says, you did something wrong, so there's a punishment for it. And we understand that. I mean, we teach that to our kids at the youngest age. You do something wrong, what, you end up in a timeout, you get a spanking, you, know, you get privileges taken away. That's retributive justice. Someone kills something, they steal something, and there are what? There are penalties, there are fines, you may go to jail. But then there's the other side, which is restorative justice. And restorative justice realizes that there are victims involved too. And that restorative justice says, what do we do to restore justice, to restore rightness to those people who have suffered? How do we begin to take care of that? And so even... In the book of Psalms, um, it talks about God doing this. This is Psalm 146. It says, He upholds the cause of the oppressed, or the justice of the oppressed, and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but He frustrates the ways of the wicked. And so there's this picture the Lord upholds the cause. In other words, He does justice. He takes care of those who are on the outside. And this is that idea. And so some people talk about, they talk about the quartet of the vulnerable. And so there's the, shows up oftentimes in the Bible, the poor, the widow, the foreigner, and the orphan. These four people, and why? Because they are most likely to suffer. And so God says, to do justice is to pay attention to the people 
who are vulnerable in society, the people who are on the outside who are lacking in things. And so to do justice is to bring restoration to where they're at. And there's a temptation sometimes, particularly a lot of discussions going around related to things with race and stuff, is to say, but that wasn't me. I wasn't a part of that. I wasn't guilty. I never had a slave. I never, I never participated in those things. But there's a story of Jesus, that story that Jesus tells that suggests something otherwise. Perhaps one of his most famous stories told in the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus tells a story when asked, who is my neighbor? And he tells a story that talks about a man who's traveling down a road and he's robbed and he's beaten. And he's laying beside the road and a priest passes by and a Levite passes by. And then finally a Samaritan comes along and the Samaritan takes care of him. And so my question for you is, was it the Samaritan's fault that the guy got hurt? Was the Samaritan involved in robbing or beating him somehow? But Jesus says he did what was right. He acted as a neighbor. In other words, he acted with justice because he cared for that person, because he recognized someone who had been vulnerable, someone who had been hurt and sought to restore justice, sought to restore him to where he had been. And so to do justice doesn't necessarily require that I had some part in what happened. But to act with justice is to look and to say there is injustice going on in the world. And so what we might be invited to do is to ask the question, where is the Spirit calling us to justice? And so we might look around the world and say, realize one, if we look around in all the injustice in the world, all the places where the world isn't right, all the places that needs wrong, it's a little overwhelming. It's not just a little overwhelming, it's a lot overwhelming, isn't it? To think about all the wrong in the world. And to think about all those who are vulnerable and to think about this quartet, to think about the the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, the poor. But what I would invite us to do is to maybe say that each one of us can make a difference. So for each one of us, there might be some part of that, of our society, some part of the world in which we see the vulnerable that we're called to make a difference. So what you might do to begin living the life of the Spirit, to listen to the Spirit, is to say, who are the vulnerable around me? Who are the people who are left out of society? Where is there inequity? Where is there a lack of fairness? Where are some people treated differently because of, and you fill in the blank? And what are the ways that I can enact to do that? And so you might be saying, where is God calling me to stand up for those who are vulnerable? It could be for the unborn. It could be for immigrants. It could be for people of a particular skin color. It could be people with certain disabilities. Our society is filled with those who are vulnerable, people who are treated differently, people who are looked down upon. And the fundamental story of the Bible is that we are all created in the image of God. And so justice, in some sense, is recognizing the image of God in everybody. Justice is looking at the world around us and seeking to bring justice. 
And one of the things that we recognize is that justice is a response to God's grace. So in Deuteron- the book of Deuteronomy, God says, and you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. And so he talks about it in terms of saying, something has been done to us. God has rescued us, and therefore we're called to look to those in rescue. And this is where this idea of grace comes in. So I would say this, that seeking justice is a response to God's grace. Because the story of the Bible says we were all guilty. We had all sinned and fallen short. And what did God do? He showed grace to us. Through Jesus, he declared righteous. Or in other words, he did justice to those who didn't deserve it. And our response is to go and do the same for others. You see, what the Bible says again and again is that if our heart isn't seeking after justice, then our heart isn't right with God. Because the heart of God is one that justice. So we can turn to just prophet after prophet. Isaiah, in the book, chapter 58 of the book of Isaiah, he talks to the people, he says, oh, you come and you, you have your fast and you have all your festivals, but you're not paying attention to these other things. And he says, so your fasts are meaningless. In other words, because you're not seeking justice, because you're not seeking restoration, because you're not seeking to heal and to care for the vulnerable, vulnerable around you, you really don't understand what I've done for you. And that's what God was saying in that passage in Deuteronomy was, you have to understand what I've done for you. And so when we come to the Lord's table in just a few minutes, we recognize that Jesus sought us out when we were vulnerable, sought us out when we were in the wrong, and he restored us. And so Jesus then in turn is calling us to do the same. And so the Spirit empowered Micah to do this thing. And so the Spirit is a Spirit that seeks justice. Holy Spirit seeks justice. Justice and justice where things are right with the world. There's not an easy way to define what we mean by justice, but where people are living according to God's standards, that's justice. And so where we see people hurting and where God's standards, where God's ideal and even God's standards we sometimes think of simply as laws and rules, but God's expectations for what a good society looks like. So you read the stories of the Old Testament and in in the stories of the Old Testament, in God's laws for the Old Testament, they had things like where don't harvest the whole field, leave a little bit behind. Why? Because there are orphans. There are widows. And they can come along and they can gather some of that. And so the rules of society were set up to care for the vulnerable, those who were on the outside. And so our question is, what are we doing to care for the vulnerable in our society? Where are we hearing the Spirit call us to do justice. Because like Micah said, he's shown you, immortal, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. To do justice. To love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. God calls us to do justice. So may we hear the voice of the Spirit calling to us to look around the world, to see the vulnerable whether it's our neighbor or someone on the far side of the world, and say, how can I begin to do justice? How can I begin to right the wrongs that have been done to them, whether I did it or somebody else did it to them? Or it was of no one's fault, and they're just in a place of suffering and pain. And what can I do to bring justice, to restore society to the way that God envisioned it? So may we hear, church, what the Spirit is calling us to do. 
May we hear Micah's words to say, he has shown us, O church, what is good and what the Lord requires of us. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Amen.